0: Spencer did a wonderful job today preaching a good July 4th message in Lebanon. And uh, Brother Brandon Newcomer made mention of a few things tonight. So uh, just consider uh, whatever you picked up and caught of that as uh, some of the prefacing remarks of the message that I had intended to preach tonight. But I feel it very important to say some of the things that I'm going to say. So I kind of uh, felt a change in my spirit and felt to use tonight to speak specifically regarding uh, some things. And hopefully by the time I'm done, the Lord will speak um, through me to minister to your spirit tonight. John chapter 8, Galatians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I say again to our guests, God bless you and thank you for being here tonight. So glad that you're here. I probably will not sermonize. This will probably not be one of the messages that goes down on pastors' uh, top 52. Uh, It may be on the bottom of the list, so come back and give me another chance to preach a better message. Um, But we're going to see what the Lord has for us tonight. John chapter 8, verse 32 and ye shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And then what does it say? And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, you can't have the spirit of God and dead, cold, dried, bound up religion where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom from restraint. Don't go back and get entangled again with the mess that God brought you out of. That yoke of bondage you were carrying. But stand therefore in the freedom that Christ hath made us free. Because when you know the truth, The truth's going to set you free. Amen. By the help of the Lord tonight, I want to preach for a little bit about real freedom, real freedom. Lord, help us tonight to speak what you have laid upon our heart and uh, spoken into my spirit for this congregation. I pray, Lord, that the hearts of the receivers tonight are prepared to receive the word of God, Lord, and that you would do the work for which you are sending it now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Now, as I mentioned, I had intended to open this message tonight in a whole different manner. But there are some things that have been very heavy on my heart and my spirit for some time that I feel that I need to take a little time to talk to you about. Now, normally I wouldn't do this on a Sunday night. I normally would do this on a Wednesday night. But uh, there's two problems here. I feel like the majority of the church needs to hear it and uh, I know many of you work and are unable to be here on Wednesday nights, and uh, I also feel that the timing is so very crucial and important, but I'm going to make some statements, and and I feel to warn the church tonight about some strange doctrine that has been, uh, is being taught and is floating around, uh, is becoming rampant throughout society, and is working its way into uh, even the apostolic ranks. This isn't something new. It's been around for a while, but it seems to have gained some momentum and gained some strength. And it's gained some strength even in our area and region. And uh, so I feel to warn you tonight uh, of those who would subvert the grace of God by drawing men a way out of the freedom that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ and would pull us back into the law of Judaism and call us to adhere to the Old Testament law. Now, uh, there's nothing wrong with the Old Testament law. It's just that Jesus came to fulfill that law and to bring us a better way. Read the book of Hebrews. It's about a better plan and a better way. So uh, I'm not attacking people tonight. I'm not attacking churches tonight. I'm not attacking anyone. And I make these statements because I would guess there is a good possibility that somebody may have a phone in hand. And when you speak nowadays... You better make sure your yay is yay and your nay is nay because somebody's going to be sending it around the world. And uh, just with a little click of that cell phone. And uh, I am sure that sometimes that well-meaning people uh, are sending out a good word that's being preached and somebody that don't like it gets it four states over. And uh, the next thing you know is I'm getting hate mail and uh, they don't like what I'm saying, and so I'm prefacing these remarks tonight maybe more for my internet listeners than I am uh, those who may listen on our podcast than I am for those who are in the building tonight as far as my prefacing remarks. My remarks tonight is to Christian Life Church. I'm talking to you, the people that God has put under my care and honored me and given me the task of serving as your pastor, but I want to tell you and remind you, I'm not going to say anything you don't already know, but I'm going to remind you of some things. Some of you are not going to have a clue what I am talking about in the first 10 or 15 minutes tonight. Uh, It will just, you, you won't have a clue. You haven't dealt with it, heard of it. You won't know anything about it. Others of you will know really well what I'm talking about because some of you are being attacked with some of these things and some of you are hearing about these things and you're being questioned about these things because the Internet has opened the door of opportunity and some of the Judaizers are using the avenue of the Internet as part of their way to be able to infiltrate the apostolic church. And uh, so they're using it very, very heavily. And so I feel tonight to warn the church and to say to you, first of all, we are not under the Old Testament law. We live in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came and fulfilled the law. And the fulfillment of the Old Testament was in Jesus Christ. And so he is our rest and he is our peace. One of the first doctrines that you will be attacked with or hear about uh, or know about is the changing of the time of worship from Sunday to Saturday. I don't have any problem with anybody who wants to have church on Saturday. But to make it a doctrine and claiming that God is not going to accept your worship on Sunday is absolutely. Absolutely in in, in, uh, different with the word of God. Because he, matter of fact, I think I read somewhere that I was not to esteem one day above another. As a matter of fact, the Sabbath was fulfilled in Jesus Christ, and He is our Sabbath. He is our rest. And so I don't care if you want to have church at 3.30 on Monday morning. doesn't matter to me when you have church. You just ought to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. I'm more concerned about people being in the house of the Lord. I'm not going to isolate myself and get off into something strange and try. Uh, in today's society, a lot of people work on Saturday And you can't, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to change service to, to 3.30 a.m. on Monday. There ain't nothing biblically wrong with that. It's just the problem. I probably won't have a lot of people show up and worship with me. So I'm I'm not attacking people who want to have church on Saturday. That's fine. But don't make a doctrine. And don't let somebody come to you and make a doctrine telling you that you are wrong for having church on Sunday and that your worship won't be acceptable and the power of God can't fall on Sunday because it is not the the technical uh, Jewish calendar Sabbath. Matter of fact... I don't know much about the Jewish calendar. I live under the calendar that says today, Sunday. And the Jewish calendar may say it's, it's a whole different year, but my calendar is 2017. So this teaching usually starts with someone who feels that they have received a deeper revelation one of the first teachings connected with this is Saturday church. The next thing is is moves of the supernatural that are unfounded in scripture. And the, the next thing is, is then they move on into deeper things and deeper revelations. Now watch now. They will, they will stop using the name of Jesus. Their revelation will take them to deeper things. They will no longer use the name of Jesus. They will then begin to call God by his Old Testament name. They will then only speak the name uh, of Yah for God in the Old Testament or Yahweh for Jesus in the New Testament. But, and it's all right. I don't have a problem with somebody who speaks Hebrew to, to, to call Jesus Yahweh because they speak Hebrew, but I don't know any Hebrew. I don't know any Hebrew, and I don't speak Hebrew. I speak English, and this much I know. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus because it is the language I understand it is the it is the, the the language that i speak so it's not a higher revelation as a matter of fact it is a misunderstanding of the grace of god people get get all uh they, they get all confused paul was adamant that the gentiles or the non-jews if you please were not bound by the law he he as a matter of fact he paul scolded peter for demanding that they would uh that that, that they would uh, live under the law he said why compel us thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews He said, why are you telling the Gentiles to live this way knowing that man is not justified by the works of law but by the faith in Jesus Christ even when we have believed on him Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of law for by the works of law shall no flesh be justified. It's all right with me if you don't want to eat pork because for health reasons that's perfectly fine. Uh, you just don't 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 stop me from eating bacon. Thank God for grace. Somebody ought to made a lap right about then. Paul went so far as to open his entire epistle to the Galatian church by warning those who would pervert the gospel. He called the perversion of the grace of Christ with law another gospel. I hope I'm helping somebody tonight, but there is no other gospel. Because Jesus Christ came to set us free. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. I don't need another gospel. I don't need a deeper revelation. I just need to get my nose in the word of God and understand that Jesus Christ is the only hope of salvation. Paul withstood Peter. Stood up to his face said you're being dishonest regarding the grace given to the Gentiles. If thou being a Jew lives after the manner of the Gentiles and not as as the Jews, why are you compelling the Gentiles to live as the Jews? A lot of folks are trying to cover up a lot of junk in their life. Can I go ahead and say it now? I get concerned when people have so many lists of rules of do's and don'ts. I want to know what they're trying to hide behind. It's one thing to understand the Old Testament law. And the commandments to the Jews and to apply those principles to godly living. But it's another thing entirely to demand the Gentile under the law of Christ to adhere to the letter of the law that was designed for a people at another time. Thus frustrating the grace of God. Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, I don't frustrate the grace of God. If righteousness came by law, then Christ is dead in vain. If you're taking notes, in a matter of fact, if you're not taking notes and you need these notes, I'll be glad to share them with you. Some would say even Paul observed the law, Jewish customs and Jewish celebrations. Yes, he did. And here is his reasoning in 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter and the 19th verse. Though I am free and belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. See, it's one thing to not do something. It's another thing to make a law out of it. Oh, I feel like preaching now. It's good for you to have convictions, but don't make your convictions that that, that you don't have. I'm talking about a conviction that is not necessarily something biblically founded in the word of God. Don't make your conviction a doctrine for somebody else. If it's a conviction, live it to the fullest. But don't put your conviction on somebody else when you can't take them to Scripture and show them why that they ought to not do it. Live your conviction, but don't make a doctrine for somebody else to live under. Or your conviction may be a stumbling block. He says very specifically he's not under the law and he clarifies it. He says to those having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I'm free from God's law, I'm under Christ's law. So to win those not having the law, to the weak I become weak. To win the weak, he said. I have become all things to all people that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. We see that Paul wasn't saying that he was lawless but rather that he lived under Christ's law. Now, I'm going somewhere with this tonight. The only way to live in real freedom is to put yourself under the law of Christ. The freest place you will ever live is under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm preaching good to you. He said in Romans chapter 3 verse 22, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all upon all them that believe. The law of God is fulfilled in the law of Christ which is a law written in our hearts, not on tablets of stone or legal documents. Romans chapter 2 verse 14, when the Gentiles which have not the law by nature do the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves. He's talking about convictions. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts. It's a whole lot easier to serve God when you get this thing in your heart. Mm. When you get this thing in your heart, the heart starts perfecting right, right. everything else. Right, right, right. When you try to figure out how to live as close to the line as you possibly can and you got to stand in front of a mirror and ask somebody, should I wear or should I go? On, There's a problem. You need to make it a matter of the heart. Right, right. It'll fix everything else. You'll quit asking You'll start doing it because you know it pleases Him. Not because you're not crossing the line. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. If I do it because somebody's making me do it, I haven't accomplished much at all. But I'm telling you, when it gets in my heart, I do it because I want to do it. That's right. Not a whole lot is accomplished when you clap your hands because Brother Danny says clap your hands. Not much is accomplished when you raise your hands because Brother Danny says raise your hands. But when he gets you in the frame and the frame of mind of worship and you start raising your hands because it's coming from your heart, you start pleasing him. When you start clapping because it's pleasing him, now you're making headway. Then it won't matter the beat of the song, the rhythm of the song. It won't matter who's singing. All that matters is that you're pleasing Him. That's good. Woo! Thank you. Being saved. According to the mercy of Christ is only through the regeneration of water baptism and the spiritual renewing of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I don't find any other way to do it. All of my works of righteousness will not get me saved. They are important. But I am telling you tonight that if you have not been born again of the water and of the Spirit, I can stand on the Word of God tonight and tell you. (laughs) There's a lot of things I may not know, but there's one thing that I do know. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. If you're not, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. Goodness! for you if you're not we have water and we have robes and we got altar workers and we got time and we'll pray until you receive the Holy Ghost and we'll baptize you in the only saving name of Jesus that's where real freedom comes from We don't live under the bondage of law or the taskmasters of rules and regulations. Don't take this as a freedom message a pastor's throwing in the towel. I believe it's stronger today than I've ever believed it. But I'm telling you that everything you do is not going to save you. I'm just going to say it like I, was, like, like I heard somebody say it one time. You can have your, your dress hanging to the floor, but if you're lifting it up for somebody. Is that too real for you? Young people know where I'm at. If you don't get it in your heart it doesn't matter what you're doing on the outside. It's not going to save you. You better get a relationship with Jesus. You better get a prayer life. Brother Duggar told me Saturday, he said, Brother Jordan, you can backslide singing, you can backslide preaching, but nobody backslides when they're praying. You better get a relationship with Jesus Christ. You better pray fast. Get in the Word of God. Let it get in your heart. He'll work out everything else. Why then are we doing all these things, Brother Jordan? We uphold the law because we understand grace. He's been so good to me, I want to please Him. Here's how the psalmist said, he said, My ear hast thou opened, and I delight to do thy will. He was speaking about an Old Testament principle that happened With the servant when he was bought into bondage of the master's home. And after seven years was set free, he had a choice. He could go into the world with no place to live and no job. And he could live homeless and without occupation. But if he had a good master and he wanted to stay in the master's house, he could stay in the master's house. But now he no longer was a servant of bondage. He now was a servant of love. He goes to the to the doorpost of the master's house. The master takes an awl, a sharp object he pierced it through the ear of the servant and it put a hole, a mark in him and everybody that saw him when they glanced up and looked him in the face they saw the marking in his ear and they said that man is serving a good master that man is living the way he's living because he wants to nobody's making him live there. He said, I got a good master and I'm living the way I want to live. I'm telling you, I live the freest life that anybody could possibly live and there's nobody making me do it. I delight to do his will. I want to please him with everything I have, where I go, the way I talk. I delight to do his will. I don't want to be a a servant of bondage, but I want to be a servant of love. We're no longer slaves to sin. We are now free. Not to go back and be entangled again with the bondage that we were set free from. But when Jesus Christ made us free, we are free indeed. If there's one here tonight and you're living under the weight of sin, I want to tell you that Jesus Christ came to set you free. Here's what John chapter 8 said, Whosoever commits sin, you're a servant of sin. But verse 36 says, if the Son therefore make you free, <laughs> you can have it either way you want it. But if you want real freedom, you're going to let the Son therefore make you free. Because when the Son therefore hath made you free, you are free indeed. I'm not going back to being enslaved. I'm not going back to be entangled. And I'm not living this life of freedom. Jesus didn't come to take your life away from you. I'm not going to have to go back and learn a new diet. My Lord, they about kill me for 40 days every year when we do the Daniel's fast. You need this. You can't eat that. By the way, we do that because we want to. If you don't want to, don't do it. Nobody making you do it. We're not a cult. You do it because you want to. A good number of people do it and they do it because they want to. There's health benefits to it, there's spiritual benefits because we start tuning out the things of the world. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it because I don't want to. That's good. That's good. Good for you. When do you fast? I'm not coming to prayer meeting just because Pastor called it. Good. When do you pray? doesn't matter to me. I got to answer to God for myself. I got to make sure my relationship is right for myself. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're living right. But I'm not going to let your bad attitude keep me from praying and fasting. I'm not going to let your attitude toward the way I want to live, righteous and holy and godly in this present world. And somebody wants to scoff at me. (laughs) Look at him. What is he doing? Uh I walked in a restaurant the other day on a Sunday. And these people said, oh, you guys look so nice. Well, you never see anybody wearing a suit anymore. I said, thank you. She said, does your church require that? I said, no. Not at all. Thank God. Woo. Mercy. I'm gonna preach another half hour. (laughs) I was preaching good a minute ago. What happened? Do you have a rule? Somebody called me the other day. Can I come to your church? Now I don't believe like you believe. Everybody's welcome at Christian Life Church. Well I'm living this way or that way. As long as they're not creating a trouble or a disturbance in church. Everybody's welcome. Don't have to call and ask. Everybody's welcome. And I believe when the word of God is preached in truth. It won't be long. It's going to get in their heart. And they may not believe like I believe. But sooner or later, they're going to believe the word of God. They're going to understand. they got to repent of their sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Live a separated life because they want to. Oh, somebody give God praise in the house. I'm done. I told you I'd give you some time back. I got about 11 more pages to go. Stand with me. I preached long this morning. I told you I promised. I don't know why I said that. I promised you I'd give it back to you. Come on, Cheryl. Give them hope. Play it loud. I'll stop. If you're living for God, Moping around about it. You need another trip to the altar. Do this because you want to do it. Live for God because it's the best. The best life I can live. I wouldn't trade this. I look around. I look at my family, I'm blessed. I look at the mess some people's made in their life, I'm blessed. I look around this room tonight, I realize I'm in the company of good people, I'm blessed. We could be at the bar tonight losing our coon dog and hound dog and three wives. I'm glad I'm in the house of God with some people that loves Jesus. You want to know what real freedom is? I'm not bound to the things of this world. I don't own much down here, but I know one thing. I've got a hope of glory. I don't want to have too many attachments down here because when he decides to sound the trumpet, the freest thing that's going to happen, Brother Jerry, is when we depart out of here on the glory. I don't want to have too many attachments holding me back here. I want to be ready when he calls. I want to be ready when he says, Come on, it's time. I want to be ready. This is the life. This is the real freedom. If you're not living the real freedom in Jesus Christ, you ought to be. I open these altars tonight for anybody. Everybody. Everybody. Whomever it may be tonight that says I'm coming tonight because I'm gonna live that life of freedom. Nobody's making me do this, nobody's requiring it of me. Mama can't make me do it, grandpa. I'm not doing it because grandpa did it. I'm doing it because I understand it is the best life. It's a life worth living, it's a life of freedom. I'm not bound to drugs and alcohol and perversion and addictions, but I'm free in Jesus Christ. I'm not Not perfect, but I'm free in Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody, lift up your hands. Magnify the Lord tonight. Magnify Jesus. Magnify Jesus. Oh. Come on, lift your voice to him now. Let him know, Lord, I'm doing this because I want to. It's not because it's a requirement. This is the freedom I have in you. I've got the freedom to worship because I can. I live in a country where they're not going to hold a gun to my head. But neither is the preacher. If I'm going to worship, I'm going to do it because I want to. If I'm going to dance, I'm going to do it because I want to.